0: hi i'm amber welcome to the lone star keto podcast and today i have a special guest with us her name is connie nightingale she is a certified personal trainer a certified nutritionist and a bodybuilder and also we can't uh neglect that she is a mother too so she is bouncing all these different hats here so welcome connie
1: (laughs) thank you so much for having me i'm so happy to be here chatting with you today
0: That's awesome. Okay. You are known as, okay, let me make sure I said the fit farming food mom. Yep. That's me. (laughs) Why did you pick that? Why is that like something you associate with?
1: Um, well, because my journey really started around food. So that was like a main thing I wanted to make an emphasis on. And we also live on a farm. So I'm super, super busy and everybody knows me for that. And, uh, I'm also fit, so and I'm also a mom. So I guess <laughs> when I was looking for a great, catchy website name, I was like, uh, the fit farming food mom. And I don't know that sprung into my head, and that's and that's the long and the
0: short of it. That's what it ended up being. Well, it works. But you know what's funny is because when I look at you, the last thing I see in, is the farming part. <laughs> You know, know. you know, you you have certain, you know, images in your mind and you do not strike me as a, uh, you know, somebody who would live on a farm.
1: That's hilarious. Yeah. I was raised on a farm. My mom had dairy goats the whole time I was a kid. We had horses, chickens, all sorts of crazy things. And, and when I was an adult, I couldn't wait to get land myself and have chickens. I do not like goats. So goats are a no-go for us. I was raised around a lot of them and I have don't want to have anything to do with them. But ever since I was a little kid I've been like a chicken lover, which is kinda of hilarious Aww. because uh and of horses. So we have horses and chickens and ducks here and um they I go get my breakfast out of the chicken coop every morning and it's nice and fresh and you can't beat that. So
0: Yeah. You know, what's funny is I hear so many people really like chickens and I didn't really get that because to me, I'm like chickens. Okay. I mean, you uh, not that I would, you know, want to have them and eat them or something, but to have them for eggs or something I thought was cool, but they actually have personality. They actually like my dad has chickens and they name them and they, you know, Oh, well this one does this and this one does this and watch it. They'll do that. And they do. And it's, and it's hysterical and they're not the only people who I've heard that from. I have, you know, people I'm friends with that talk about, about their chickens and their personalities one even like had her chickens come in the house a couple of her pet chickens in the house with like these little diaper things
1: <laughs> yeah we don't do the diaper thing that's a little over the top for me I think but we do have chickens that come in the house my kids drag them in the house all the time we used to have a house chicken her name was the kicking chicken uh <laughs> she got sick a couple times and uh the other chickens wouldn't let her come back into their tribe. And so she ended up having a nice little area in my son's room. It was like a little cage with her bed and everything in it. And she would literally, you'd let her out during the day And then she would literally come to the sliding glass door and wait to be let in at night so that you could pick her up and take her down to her little bed to stay the night. So she hung out. We called her the porch chicken. She hung out by the front porch all the time. And if you pulled up in the car, she would be there at the door as soon as you opened it waiting for you. And uh, yeah, she was an awesome little chicken. So uh, they do have personalities. They are so funny to watch. They are just an entertaining critter. And so uh, I, Can't imagine my life without those little buggers because they are definitely entertainment.
0: That's cute. Okay, just before we get into the real topic, I have to know, why don't you like goats?
1: Oh, man. Well, there's a lot of PTSD I got from my farming life when I was a child, but goats are... Maybe it's because I'm bullheaded and they're bullheaded. Uh, That could be part of it. But goats are constantly getting into mischief. So they are on top of your cars. They're hard to fence. They destroy things. I know when I was a kid, they would get in our house all the time and they'd get into our cupboards and they would like ravage things and it, they're they're major mischievous animals, and I don't. That's too much work for me. I don't want to have goats getting into my stuff or climbing on my hard-earned vehicles or whatever it is. So, uh, or all the work I put into having nice fences in my home and all these things, I don't need them eating my landscaping, my garden. They can just stay away from my house. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's so funny. My dad actually had a goat that whenever you bent over, it would butt you in the butt. ornery and my daughter had a friend visiting and the goat came up and got between her legs and this she was like i don't know 12 13 somewhere like that got up under her legs picked her up and was gonna chunk her (laughs) it's like yeah they're (laughs) cute little
1: babies adorable babies but i tell you we were hiking in glacier and i have like this goat not anxiety but i know what they can are capable of and we're hiking in glacier and all of these Uh, mountain goats are following us. And they're literally like two or three feet behind us. And I was like, is this thing going to butt me? I'm waiting for it to, with its little sharp horns, just get me right in the booty. And I was like, that thing cannot be trusted. (laughs) I
0: get it. I understand why for sure. I've seen it firsthand, man. Okay. So let's get down to business can you tell us a little bit about what your journey is like I'm real interested in like what your health was like like why did you feel the need to really get into the the health industry what led you there I I know you have a backstory and most of us do who you know really get into this promoting because we have a very strong reason so I want to know what that is
1: well, my journey has most certainly been an evolution and it always will continue to be, right? That's how it goes when it comes to nutrition and health and our our stand on things is going to continuously evolve and morph. And so my journey actually started out with my son who has severe ADHD, trying to modify his diet in order to help him out with his focus and stuff. Uh, and we were having so much difficulty and I didn't want him on all these medications and things. And finally he ended up on them because the healthcare system was like, we're not even going to see him for counseling or anything anymore until he gets on these things. And so I saw this ad in the paper, uh, for an ADHD and autism course. And I went to it and the woman was amazing. And she was like, she invited us to her place. And she was like, we have a food course that we're going to do if you want to join us And we went and it was a food course on the GAPS diet, which stands for gut and psychology syndrome. And it talks all about gut health and it being your second brain and it being the link to everything. So I listened to this course and my mouth was like open. I was like, man, a lot of this stuff is me too. Not just my child, but me, like the fatigue, the bloating. The exhaustion all the time. And I used to just chalk it up to being a mom. I was like, well, moms are really, I mean, I'm a busy lady. I keep my plate extremely full. And I was like, oh, it's just because I work too hard. I'm busy. I'm a mom. Moms are supposed to be tired and frazzled, aren't they? Right? You know? And, uh, but I started listening to this and I started noticing like a lot of the things with my mood. I had depression. I was, I mean, I don't know if I was clinically depressed. I don't know what it was. I wasn't happy though. I mean, I, I wasn't like, Oh, the, the world is wonderful. Uh, that's not how it was. And so I just kind of chalked it up to being a mom and this is life and it's hard and you just deal with it. Right. Um, so we changed our diet. I came home. I told my husband, I was like, you know, We're going to completely, we're going to do this. Like, this is going to happen. And he was like, are you kidding me? No freaking way. And he's pretty open to just about everything. And he was like, no, nope. this is crazy. And it's going to cost so much money. And you're crazy. And I was like, you know what, I'm not sure what this is going to entail, but I think I need it too. And I'm going to do it. So, I literally, I'm a person that goes all in on things, if you haven't noticed that. <laughs> and uh, I mean, on my Instagram, it's it's kind of apparent. I, If I commit to something and I decide to do it, I do it. And I don't mess around with it. I don't start on Monday. Uh, it's something that I get passionate about. And then I start diving into it. And I want to learn every little detail about it. So that's what I started doing. Reading, researching, filling my brain with so much knowledge that I never knew that absolutely blew me away. And that was my beginning of my journey as far as being a complete nutrition nut. So anyway, needless to say, within two weeks of going on the GAPS diet, which is extremely clean food, bone broths, clean meats, vegetables, very clean. I mean, it, it, nothing has an ingredient label. It's all made from scratch. So, uh, very clean diet. Within two weeks, my son, we started to know it was a huge difference with him, um, but not only him, but myself and my husband too. He was like, man, my joints don't hurt anymore. Wow. And we were all like, my back doesn't hurt anymore. And I was like, man, I can think. Like, my brain works all of a sudden. And It just continuously evolved to where we got better and better and stronger and healthier, less bloating. I mean, I've always been a pretty active person. And at the time, I was overweight. I was about 180 pounds. I felt overweight. I felt uncomfortable in my own skin. I felt bloated. I couldn't pull my tummy in. I would try to suck it in and I couldn't. It was just like so bloated. And Within six months I had abs. I had lost fifty pounds. I felt like a million bucks. People were like noticing everywhere. They're like, What are you doing? What are you doing? And we're like, Well, we just eat clean food. We don't count our calories. We don't do anything. We just eat and eat healthy, you know? Uh so, anyways, it was it was that was kind of the the process of the journey. Uh, but I remember at one point, and I'm sorry I'm getting on a I'm getting on a train here, but um at one point I looked into the mirror and I had lost all of this weight, but I was like, so skinny. Like it got to the point where people were starting to ask me if I was okay, because
0: mm-hmm.
1: I, even though we were active, it's not like I was in the gym. I wasn't training any way. And I noticed I could like see my ribs in my chest. And I was like, mm-hmm. I remember looking at my legs and they were cellulite and skinny. <laughs> I mean, you can be skinny and have lots of cellulite mm-hmm. too. Yep. And I remember like, looking in the mirror and being like the only person that's going to change this is me like if I want to have muscle tone and I want to change the way I look it's not going to be some shake it's not going to be some 90-day obsession it's not going to be any of these fads it's going to be me doing the work and working hard. And at that point, I had already done a lot of reading and research. I had already strength trained in the past. I was doing some powerlifting back in high school. I knew that muscle was going to be the key to this and that I was going to have to work hard to do it. Now, the problem was, I was like, okay, well, how do I do this with my schedule? I've got little kids. I'm to work by 7 a.m. every morning. How do I make this work? because I can't go to the gym and I originally had in my mind, I mean, I had wanted to get into the gym, but in my mind, I was like, you can't do that. You have to go to the gym in order to get in shape. You can't just do anything at home, you know? And I was like, I need to stop that mentality and do what I can. So I made a resolution to myself to wake up at 4 a.m. every single day. And I started with just silly things like, I shouldn't say silly because it changed my life, but three sets of squats, three sets of push-ups, mm. three sets of sit-ups. And I did that for quite some time. It became easy. There became more sets. There became more things. Pretty soon, I'm including kettlebells into my workout so that I can squat with weight, uh, lunges. I basically started doing whatever I could at home with a couple of 20-pound dumbbells and a kettlebell, a 20-pound kettlebell. And I I mean, I probably drove my husband crazy because I was like, I got to feel my quad. Feel- I have a leg muscle. Like, it's hard, <laughs> you know? And I was like, no, feel it. And he's like, I felt it like yesterday, honey. Just stop. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, anyway, so it was, it just kind of continuously evolved. And then pretty soon I'm like, okay, I need more stuff to do. I like this. And I like what I'm seeing. I have a bicep in the mirror. Like, this is really cool. And uh, I empty out my whole office. And I bought a bench press and a leg extension and a bunch of weights and barbells and stuff on Craigslist. And my husband and my brother made so much fun of me. They were like, enjoy the new coat rack. That's the first thing that happens when people get exercise equipment, you know, but I didn't, I continued on with my journey. I pretty soon had to evolve things into splits. and And then the research just got crazy. Right. I was like, Oh man, I've got so much stuff i can do with this you know so then my splits turned into like upper body day lower body day here's this here's that and lo and behold i start getting really jacked and uh (laughs) that's when i start like looking at all this bodybuilding stuff because what my family didn't know is like i've had this obsession with arnold schwarzenegger since i was like a little kid and bodybuilding and kind of secretly looked into this kind of stuff before so i was like okay i think i want to do a bodybuilding show this is this is cool right and so I started looking all of it up and then I need a coach and I need this stuff. And so then I had to bring it to my husband's attention that that was really what I wanted to do. And pretty much the rest is history. <laughs> so, wow. uh, and my, my original bodybuilding coach, she was like, Connie, you're so good at form and you're so into this. Uh, I think you should be a personal trainer. And I was like, no, that's not for me. I don't want to be a personal trainer. I don't, you know, and she's like, no, I really think you should. And I said, no, I like nutrition you know, I want to become a nutritionist, no personal trainer. Well, pretty soon I was like, well, I'll just learn it for my own because people are asking me questions. At least I can answer them properly or have the knowledge to back it up. Well, I ended up becoming a personal trainer, didn't do a lot with it. (laughs) And then people are like, well, will you train me? And then I wanted to help them. And my helping soul was like, okay, I'll help you out. And I started helping all these people. And I'm like, this is really fun. I really love helping people make sustainable changes. So. You know i end up doing nutrition and personal training that's that in a nutshell because i'm super interested in it um i didn't become a certified nutritionist until february of this year so i'm oh. a pretty new to nutrition as far as my certification goes however i have been immersed in it every podcast every article everything that you can think of and we have a lot on the internet some of it's right some yeah. of it's wrong Uh, but I have been immersed in it for the last five years now. So, uh, and we're continually, continuously learning, right? There's so many things Mm -hmm. out there. Um, so I don't think a piece of paper is what makes you good at what you do. I think that constantly being immersed in the field, experimenting on yourself, seeing changes in your clients, all of these things are going to contribute to your knowledge base for your future education. So. That's All about right, where I'm at
0: agree more. Yeah, I could not agree more. So I, I have a question um, about your bodybuilding. Okay. When you went to your husband and you're like, you know, I really, I really like this. What do you think about me getting into, you know, building more and competitions and stuff like that? Because let's face it, a lot of men, you know, they don't consider that to be feminine. So what was his reaction initially?
1: Um, well, he's very supportive of my goals and things. His only reaction was the financial part of it because it can be pretty straining. It's very expensive sport. Um, we have horses, like I said, um, horses have always been known to be that expensive thing that people Mm. that have money have, which I don't have money. So don't, (laughs) don't, don't get confused there. Uh, but, uh, the The bodybuilding thing is extremely expensive. And when I started talking about suits and coaches and how much they charge a week and stage tans and entry fees and, you know, NPC cards, it started getting pretty expensive. And he was like, dollar signs are flashing in front of his eyes, like, oh man, you know. Uh, and then, you know, other than that, he was pretty supportive and uh, his biggest... His biggest concern was that he knows that I go all in when I do stuff. And he was like, listen, Mm -hmm. I don't want you to compromise your health for this either. So that was the biggest concern with him.
0: Very interesting. Well, that's good. I'm glad. I I also have a very supportive husband. So, you know, he's been through so many different things with me because I'm like you. Once I I get into something, it's like, uh, get out the way because I'm going to achieve this goal and it's just going to happen. And I will put 150% effort into it and just know it's going to happen. And so he's very aware of that. Um, Okay, so you were diagnosed with Hashimoto's, is that correct?
1: That is correct. Yes.
0: Could, could you kind of uh, talk a little bit about that? Cause that seems yeah. to just be such a big subject right now. And it's, it, it just amazes me how many people are now that they know so much more about it are being diagnosed. Absolutely. Um, so the funny thing is, is back when we were
1: trying to conceive my daughter, she's now six years old, I couldn't get pregnant and I literally just gave up on getting pregnant. I was like, no, this can't happen. Right. Uh, Anyway, uh, since then, I've always also been diagnosed with PCOS, which you may or may not know. Oh, so I'm an, I'll add that. I didn't know in that. There. Um, but you know, to me, I, I, I don't think, I don't think people are stuck with PCOS. Mm-hmm. I think that is something that can be heavily influenced by diet, stress, sleep, lots of things mm-hmm. like that. So, mm-hmm. um, basically it's hormonal dysregulation. So, uh, but anyway, back to, I was having all these problems and this was before we changed our diet, right? I was having all these problems and my heart would race and crazy things would happen. And I was tired all the time and I would go to the doctor and they were like, are you stressed? And I was like, not really. I mean, the biggest thing I was stressed about at the time was getting pregnant because I wanted to have another kid and I couldn't. So that was kind of a stressful situation. Uh, So anyway, I go in, but my hair was falling out like tons. Mm. Like My husband was like, like you plugged to the dang drain again, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like, and uh and it was just that was a problem. So I ended up going to the doctor. They put me on a halter monitor. My heart was all dysregulated. They said, "Oh, it was some kind of I don't even remember what it was now." Uh, they put me on beta blockers. They made me feel even worse. My hair is all falling out. They tested my thyroid, but they only tested my TSH, and at the time I didn't know anything about that. Um, if anybody doesn't doesn't know what TSH is, it is your thyroid stimulating hormone. So this hormone is what's there and they think should be stimulating your hormone to work. So they say if it's, if it's um, okay there, then you must have an okay thyroid, right? They didn't manage to check the other stuff. They were like, ah, no, it's fine. She's got enough stimulant going there. No, everything else wasn't working. Um, anyway, so that was like years before I found out. And uh, during my first bodybuilding show, I literally could not lose weight. And to step on stage, you have to, and I mean, I know I just said I was super skinny, but if there's a big difference between super skinny and single digit body fat, we're talking your skin gets paper thin, every vein shows, it's really crazy stuff. And I couldn't lose that little bit of extra weight on my legs. I've always had larger legs. I could, we tried everything. And I think my coach secretly thought that I was cheating on my diet or something. And my calories just kept going down, 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 because which I knew was wrong, right? Because Mm -hmm. here I I am a researcher and I was a little Mm -hmm. scared about that, but she's a professional. So I was trying to follow her advice. So calories are going down. Cardio is getting crazy. Still can't lose weight. What's going on here? Um, Anyway, I get done with that show and um, I start to gain weight really rapidly again, which is what happens to me every time I stop working out or dieting. So Mm -hmm. I was kind of stuck in this like rut, And so I was constantly having to work out aggressively and eat aggressively and all of these things. And, um, so what I didn't know is that the reason I, when I changed my food, that also helped my Hashimoto's out. So, uh, but the problem is, is yes, I'm eating the correct food to support my Hashimoto's. However, there's a lot of other things that go into that as far as stress and rest and all these things. And let me tell you, being a bodybuilder is extremely stressful (laughs) on your body. Not maybe your brain, maybe your brain too. I don't know, but Mm -hmm. extremely hard on your body. Your body is in a very uncomfortable state when you are doing extreme amounts of exercise and, and dieting. So lo and behold, I go a whole nother season bodybuilding, continue to struggle to lean out for my shows and do two more shows and almost killed myself because I had to work so hard to get stage lean. And it got to the point of where I was such a zombie, these crazy things were happening. I couldn't feel my face. I couldn't feel my legs. I was so exhausted. I could hardly keep my eyes open. Like, Bad stuff happening, and it's really hard to explain how extreme it was, but it was extreme. And in my head, when you get super super stage lean and you're low on body fat, your brain needs fat to function. If you don't have that, your brain doesn't work. And I I checked out. I knew it was wrong, but my coach was like, "Oh, it's fine. You'll be good, and we'll just reverse, and you'll be great." And I checked out. I worked really hard to try to achieve what she told me I could achieve. And in the end, when I got done. I was extremely sick. I started gaining weight really at a rapid pace. And then the other problem was, is I thought after I gained that weight, I would start getting energy back and feeling a little more alive. Well, it didn't happen. And Mm. I was so exhausted and I had this numbness thing going on and I didn't know what to do. So I actually sought out a functional medicine practitioner Mm. Uh, based on rep- recommendations from other people I know that are competitors because she was a bodybuilder too. So, cause anytime I would go to the medical field, I mean, they did my blood work and stuff after my shows and stuff, they always said I was fine. And yeah. I couldn't have been fine. I wasn't fine. I couldn't feel my face. You know, like there's all these things going on. I'm gaining 40 pounds and they're like, Oh no, you just need to, to eat less. And I'm like, listen, you don't even know. I'm a nutritionist. I'm a bodybuilder. I know what's going on here. I'm, there's nothing like something is wrong." So I go to this functional medicine practitioner, and that's when she continued to run all of the correct labs, and she found out that I have Hashimoto's. So I think my, the average person, their, um, their TPO, their thyroid antibodies, is like 35. Mine were in the thousands when they diagnosed me. So
0: Ooh. bad. <laughs> Yeah. How Uh long did it take from the time that you knew something was not right and you had the initial test done until you were diagnosed? How long of a period was that?
1: Well, I mean, it's kind of hard to because I mean, originally before I couldn't get pregnant, that I uh, went back in the, this was 2012, they were testing me for lupus and things like that, but they said you have nothing. So, I mean, I'd say if you want to, if you want to get nitty and gritty with that, I'd say that's at least a seven year time span. Wow. Okay. That I consistently got my blood work done. Cause that's the other thing about us bodybuilders. If you are a good bodybuilder and you're smart, you get your blood work done often. I was going in every couple of weeks towards the end stages of contest prep to make sure that my liver was okay. My kidneys were okay. Everything was okay. And uh, they kept saying I was fine. And I was like, well, I sure don't feel fine. But then here's the other thing. A lot, of, um, a lot of coaches and the competitors know what it's like. You do get tired when you get stage lean, you don't have fat, you know? Uh, but I don't think they understood the extent of the problem. I think they just maybe thought I was being a chicken. I don't know what it was, but it was a bad problem. So uh, anyway, I'd say about seven
0: years. Dang, yeah. I, I hear that often where, you know, you get they get the typical test and it's like, oh, your thyroid's fine. And then years later, after all this needless suffering, uh, then all of a sudden it's like, oh, you got Hashimoto's. And it's like, oh, thank you. So I've been thinking I'm wacko because you're telling me I'm fine and I'm not. Yeah, I I just think that's really sad that that, you know, but I think more doctors are, are kind of opening their eyes a little bit more to that. So hopefully we'll see that change a little more, or we're getting more knowledgeable and we will actually ask, ask, ask for that. So, you know, that specific test where you can know not just the basic stuff.
1: Right. And here's the other thing that you brought up as you feel like it's becoming a more and more common diagnosis. Mm -hmm. I think you are absolutely correct. It is becoming a more common diagnosis, just like other things like autism and Alzheimer's Mm -hmm. and cancer and all these things are growing. And for some reason, people don't see what the common denominator is and it's lifestyle. And I'm not going to say diet or nutrition necessarily, because it is also lifestyle because my diet and nutrition was dialed in. And guess what? My lifestyle was bad and my lifestyle is what caused my ultimate demise as far as my Hashimoto's pickle goes. (laughs) It made it even worse. So um, I think that our lifestyle is poor. People are not moving enough. They're Mm -hmm. under extreme stress all the time. They're not sleeping. They're eating poorly. And we have this whole combination of all of this crap coming together and causing all sorts of illness in, in our society. And something has got to give there.
0: I I totally agree. And, you know, the more people I talk to, the more this seems to be extremely common. Okay, I have a question for you. In in your your training experience, have you ever come across anybody who uh, has a condition called anorexia uh, athletica? Um
1: I have I think in this sport there's it's a really common mm-hmm. thing where people aren't just not eating they're ex- over exercising mm-hmm. they're they um they think that I mean they can be stick skinny myself included and I did not have an an eating disorder or I I could have potentially um but you are s- thick, skinny, but you still have this dysmorphic view on how you look, right? Mm-hmm. And it is prevalent in the fitness industry. You will have these mm-hmm. fitness people posting pictures of themselves and they're like, I'm so happy with myself and here's this and here's that. And they on the inside are the most crushed, dysfunctional people out there, many fitness people. and But everybody wants to worship them or idolize them for some reason by on how their body is. And it's, it's one piece of the fitness industry that really bothers me. They think that you, you have to be, have a shredded six pack and stuff in order to be successful, which is totally wrong. And there's so many people out there that are trying to do these things and they end up with a a severe eating disorder.
0: Yeah. (sighs) And the reason why I ask that is because that is something I dealt with. I've had pretty much every disorder you can imagine. And that is one of the ones, and I didn't realize I had this disorder till uh, years later um, when I, I was one of those gym rat kind of people where I was in the gym six days a week, two to five hours every day um, for the six days. I would do uh, free weights, you know, the machines, like lots of cardio. And when I was at home, I was always jumping up and down on on this little stair thing. Every commercial I was running up and down the hallway. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. It was like, I was afraid to even sit still for a second. So I know I had that disorder for sure. But the issue I had was like, I, I, had to, it, I had to continue doing that. I had to keep doing more exercise, more exercise, dropping my calories, more exercise, dropping my calories, or I would gain. I mean, seriously. And so that I finally got to a point where I just dropped, and I was like, I cannot keep doing this the rest of my life. I can't. I just can't. I'm done. I can't. And so what advice would you give somebody who has gone through that and feels fear of getting back into something because they know that they have that tendency to go to the extreme because of the disorder. What, because you do need to do something. And like me, I've, I, I'll be honest with you, I've got the diet thing dialed in, but my uh, you know, activity part sucks, completely sucks. And a lot of it is the fear in my mind because I don't wanna go back there. I don't want to be that person again. And so I'm scared. And I don't know, you know, I mean, yeah, walking, I did that. That's all fine. That doesn't bother me. I, you know, I can do that without, you know, that me in the back of my head. What can you tell somebody like that?
1: Absolutely. Uh, So the thing about this, this is, is that the fitness industry has put it out there for all of these people struggling to change their body composition, that more is better. And if you want to look a certain way or feel a certain way or do whatever, you've got to do more cardio, more lifting, more dietary restriction. And so we are almost programmed on a daily basis, like looking at social media, looking at the internet to do more and more and more. And our bodies are not meant to do that. Uh, Our bodies are meant to totally just do things in a certain way. And like our metabolism, like you were saying, and I have struggled from the same exact thing, is when you do more and more and more and more, when you back it off, your body's like, oh, thank God I got to store some stuff real quick because I'm going to be in deep trouble. This lady's going to start hammering on me again. (laughs) It's a big problem, right? So to somebody like you or any others that may have struggled with that, this is what I have to say. Cardio, I mean, if it's a great outlet for you, then maybe maybe set your limits ahead of time. Know what your parameters are. I think that's a really great place to start. So make your schedule and say, this is my, what I'm going to do. I'm not going to do over this because I'm an overdoer myself. I completely understand. I'll say I'm going to ride 30 miles on my bicycle and I ride 60. <laughs> it yep. happens. Like, yep. Yep. You yep. need to set your parameters ahead of time. Also, strength training go into it from a different outlook you're not trying to change your body strength training has so many other benefits especially for you we were talking off camera about you're having a hormonal shift in your life which happens to women as we age and the thing with that is is the more lean mass you have the more balance in your hormones you're gonna have so at your age especially things start to happen your hormones change your bone density changes it's, yeah, I know, fun stuff, right? It's very, very important for you to start strength training. And it's a scary thing for people that struggle from the same thing you struggle from, because they're like, I want to get back into this, but I don't want to get crazy with it. But think of it as a different thing. We're not thinking about body composition here. We're thinking about bone density. We're thinking about lean mass. We're thinking about supporting our hormones so that we don't have to take osteoporosis medications. We don't have to have problems down the line. I mean, how about sarcopenia? People start to age. They start to lose Mm -hmm. their, their, their muscle mass. They start along with your muscle mass. You start to lose all sorts of other things. You start to lose your balance. How many elderly people do you know? They start breaking things. They break their hip. That's Mm -hmm. like a really common one because they've lost their balance and they've lost their, their way to, you know, stabilize their body. So then you add the bone density into there. These are all things that can be greatly helped by maintaining lean mass. And then it also helps your, your, your metabolic processes, <laughs> right? So, so the more if you're one of these people that are worried, and I'm not trying to, this could be a bad way to formulate this, but if you are concerned about how much weight you're losing, or you want to lose weight, the more lean mass you carry, the more calories your body naturally is going to burn just doing nothing. Whereas cardio, cardio can be stressful to your body. Um, For me, and I know I'm saying this with a caveat here, because I'll I'll catch up on that in just a moment. Uh, Cardio can be a little bit stressful to your body. Um, Your body with cardio, um, I guess I could put it this way. With cardio, your body wants to make itself as light as possible in order to achieve that goal faster. So you're actually going Mm. to start to lose lean mass. And I've heard Sure, you've heard the saying skinny fat. A lot of people Mm -hmm. that get too crazy with intense exercise, they get skinny and they don't have muscle tone either because their body's like, I don't want to have that. That's too much to support. So um, there is a a happy balance there. Walking, hiking, other activities. um, That's great for nature bathing, being outside, (laughs) uh, getting sun, vitamin D. These are all wonderful ways to um, get out and be active, but definitely lifting weights is an extremely important thing for people, especially women, because our hormones shift as we age.
0: Yeah, I, I love that. I love how you you put a reframe on it, which is the same thing I do in a diet way, but I am not, you know, an exercise, you know, uh, I thought about personal training and I, I was actually starting to go through the process, but the reality is I really don't want to be a personal trainer. I'm more into the emotional, the psychological, the, the, the dietary kind of style and, and maybe a holistic approach. I mean, of course, activity. So I never really thought about um, exercise, weightlifting, whatever, in, in the sense of just like you stop worrying about the scale, focus on, on your health. Think about all the good that, that your body is doing so your body can work for you. Same thing. Mm-hmm. reframe it. You're doing it for your bones. Don't worry about the outside because I think that is where the the issue comes in is that whole, you know, body self-image kind of thing. So, right. Yeah.
1: And to go on, to add to that caveat that I put in there, I myself, people might hop on my Instagram and be like, well, holy cow, you ride a couple hundred miles a week on your bicycle. That's a ton of cardio. What's wrong with you? Um, well, with myself, this is where I add the caveat. We are all unique and individual, right? Some of our bodies function much differently than others. And so for me, I know after my last show, which was a year and a half ago, my health took a major decline. We already kind of talked about that. I tried everything to get it back. And I'm telling you, I tried, I didn't want to stop lifting because I was gaining so much weight, but I wanted to be nice to my body. So I start back to my lifting off a lot. The intensity, I just tried to go in and do shorter amounts of lifting. I, I was trying to make, I totally dropped cardio. I was trying to make things less stressful on my body so it could relax and kind of reset. And you know, all the books and all the research papers out there say that lifting is metabolically healthy. It's great for you. It's going to help your lean mass. It's going to help your hormones, all these things. I just told you the same thing here on the podcast. Mm -hmm. But the thing is my body, I think got completely overwhelmed with how much I was doing it. And so it was like I am done. And I tell you I'm 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 into biofeedback. I watch my heart rate variability and my recovery and all these things. And I would do a leg day and I wouldn't recover for 5 days. My muscles would be completely impaired and I would feel horrible, extreme fatigue, all these things. And then I end up having reconstructive hip surgery last in this February here. And the only thing they would let me do is ride my bicycle. And I had to completely stop lifting, which was scary. And I was like, whatever, I'm going to gain weight. It is what it is. And I was like, this is going to be good. It's going to give my body a break. Well, after they, I, the, it was about 16 weeks before I could start lifting again. When I started again, they told me I could ride the bicycle and do only certain movements. And as soon as I started lifting again, my body started re- retaliating at an extreme rate. And I kept saying, oh. that can't be, I don't know what it is. And so I started just doing a little bit of cardio because I really wanted to drop some weight. And I was like, I'll just do easy cardio. So the doctors told me the only thing I could do was ride a bicycle. So I got on the bicycle and I would ride 30 minutes a day, a couple times a week. It wasn't every day, but then I noticed I really liked it. So then I kind of backed off my lifting and was just riding a little bit and my workouts were kind of dysregulated. And in the process of that, I noticed that my body wasn't retaliating when i was getting on the bike and pretty soon i was really enjoying riding my bike and i was like you know my body just doesn't want to lift so i was riding a you know seven to ten miles a day on my bicycle and i'm continuing to watch my biofeedback my heart rate variability got better it quit going in the toilet when i stopped lifting and it i it just continued to get better now i ride a minimum of 25 miles a day probably unless I need to do a recovery ride. And my body loves it, which I feel like there's a lot of pieces at play with this. It's not just my body. I feel like it's my mental state. Um, Mm -hmm. Switching gears for a little while. I feel like it's being in the outdoors in the morning with the fresh air. I feel like I am not constantly pushing myself to build this physique that everyone expects me to have. I think that it was a lot of stress off of my system instead of actually stressing my system. And my body really loves to do it. So now I do a ton of cardio and I don't know that everybody would agree with that, but I also have a friend that has the same thing going on. So some people's bodies maybe are a little more predisposed to doing things like that. So I think it's all on an individual basis. Like you and I talked about everybody's individual for me, that's working. Maybe someday I can go back into training a little bit harder, Mm -hmm. but for now my body likes it. So that's what I'm doing
0: that's so interesting because you nowadays you used to always hear cardio 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 well that's what I happen to love like I mean I would go from one cardio class to the next to the next to the next I went to four different gyms just so I could hit the cardio I love to dance I love to move you know that was my thing The 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 higher the better you know which maybe not necessarily so great on your joints and stuff but whatever but lifting I did because whole, it's good for you but I hated it hate it it hated every second of it, hated it, but I did it. But, you know, for you to say that maybe some people could possibly do really good with cardio and maybe, you know, I, I know they still need the, the weightlifting element to it, but Mm -hmm. you know, if, if you hate it that much, (laughs) is your body telling you like, you know, maybe, maybe you lean more to one side, not that you Mm -hmm. don't do the other, but you know.
1: Well, and I don't get me wrong. I still lift. I Mm -hmm. do that for many reasons, right? We already covered a lot of those reasons. I still lift, but I don't go crazy. I don't get Mm -hmm. crazy with it, I love to do it. I wanna go crazy, trust me. I I am one of these people that thrives when I am mentally pushing the crap out of myself. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's my way to have my world adjusted. So if if things are really hard and they, I'm like, if I'm in my head going, oh my gosh, this sucks, this is terrible but it's like that mountain, like you're climbing that mountain. You're like, it sucks. It sucks. It sucks. It sucks. You get to the top and you're like, yeah, the view up here (laughs) is amazing. The view up here is awesome. Look what I just made my body do. I didn't think that I could ever do that. The, the, the release with that for me, the reward after the hard work is like, I'm addicted to it. And I have to be very careful with that (laughs) because it's kind of a slippery slope. So, I mean, but like I said, I think that it's important for people to strength train too, but maybe going all in sometimes isn't the correct way to go about it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I really enjoyed like how my body changed, you know, with the the gaining more muscle and the, the looking more fit. And it, 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 you're right. It does feel good to accomplish something as much as I absolutely hated it, it. It's still, you know, afterward I'd be like, me that looks kind of good you know or hey I feel good or hey I can lift this or do this or whatever that I couldn't do before so you know it, it it does make a difference for sure and and it's a lot mindset too you know and and at that time I I was able to even though I disliked it I was still you know I would try to make it fun and I usually worked out with a friend which made it a lot of fun too, because we would just laugh at each other. You know, we would do silly stuff and we'd be like, oh my God. So it made it fun. So it was all good. But you know, now I'm just like, Ugh. yeah, yeah. But I know I need to to strength train. Yeah. Well, and that.
1: then here's another thing with this. Um, A lot of people as they age, they get afraid of the gym and they think that, oh, you know, people that are older, they don't <laughs> go there and things. There are a lot of other training oh, yeah. modalities out there that Are healthy. I mean, I know a lot of people. There's more and more research out there um, that is supporting blood flow restriction training. Which, with blood flow restriction training, it's easy. You can even do a body weight exercise at home. And by basically, what it is is it's a band that goes around a certain area in the in the muscle group, like legs. It would be like upper quads or below your shoulder. And what happens is it kind of fakes your muscle out, right? Because it traps all that blood and lactic acid in Mm. when you're doing this training. And your your muscle thinks it's been fatigued, but... Really, you haven't done anything too crazy. You're just doing light weights and kind of getting it pumped up. And when this happens, your body starts to release all these wonderful hormones like and growth hormone, and, which is the fountain of youth and all of these things. And so they're learning more and more that, that people, like especially people over 60, I mean, they're using it over in Japan a ton. It's called Katsu in Japan, but they're learning that people that are aging are able to use this modality continue to keep their muscle and their strength and thus improve their health immensely so there are modalities out there for people in every form of strength training you just have to find
0: them that's fascinating i've never heard of that my mom is seventy four and she used to go in the gym a lot too, but she ended up with the breast cancer and just one thing after another and she hasn't been back and then of course you know with all this stuff going on she's high risk so she kind of doesn't do that but that might be something to look in with her. That's, that's fascinating.
1: Absolutely. Blood flow restriction training. It's, they sell straps and stuff and programs. There's so much stuff out there for it. I'm sure if you start Googling it, you can find something that's (laughs) beneficial for you.
0: That is cool. Okay. Well, let's reverse gears a little bit. Um, I want to know, did you ever have a body image issue? I'm not saying necessarily a disorder, but you know, an extreme dislike about something about your body? Um.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I guess basically my whole life <laughs> I've had this, and this is another thing, right, that we could kind of add in here, is I have had this thing about my body my whole life, and I don't know what it stemmed from necessarily. Um, I think naturally, honestly, as females, we all... St- get this certain image given to us Mm -hmm. from a very young age. Like even you think about it, shampoo bottles and products, they're all like fine and beautiful and this and that. (laughs) Like everything is advertised to you as something that you have to have in order to be gorgeous. And, And I always had this picture in my head of, I don't know what it is. Maybe it was like, a Baywatch babe or something like that. <laughs> what you should look like, right? Yeah, exactly. That's totally it. And they yeah. always had that little. The one thing that like sticks in my brain is like on their side booty, they had this like perfect like toned dimple almost. Oh, I
0: know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Like the, the muscle, goes, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, and I was like, man, I, I need to have that. And from so from a young age, I I was like dieting. I, I swear, I I can remember being like 13 and going on the Atkins diet when it first came out and, uh, or slim fast, I was doing, I can't believe this. I, I, my nutritional, like, this is what I mean about evolving, right? You're doing what you think is right. And then it just Uh continues to change. But I remember after I had my son, I wanted to lose some weight and I was on the slim fast diet freaking slim fast are you kidding me that's got so much crap in it you know slim fast and special k and i would only eat a thousand calories a day because that's what everyone recommends yep. to you yep. and now i'm like oh my god i was bad. i know i totally screwed up my metabolism totally yes. wrecked my metabolism with that okay. um but yeah so i have had a body image thing my whole life for me it has been my legs my legs are huge i have huge muscular legs i've been active my whole life rodeo dirt bikes you name it farming like I have huge muscular legs and a big, huge butt. And at the time booties weren't in, they're in now. People are like, sweet, you got a nice booty. Um, no, then it was like, they wanted you to be tiny. Like you needed to be a size zero or whatever it is. And so in high school I started lifting weights and I thought this'll make me tone and look like that Baywatch babe, right? No, my legs got bigger and bigger <laughs> and bigger. And I, I mean, I had stretch marks on the insides of my thighs and I was like, this is ridiculous. Like I should be losing weight. What's going on? I didn't realize there were other pieces to this and that this is how I'm built. Genetically, I am gifted in the leg department as far as size goes. You know, the other thing is, is there, I have a lot of cellulite, a lot. And I thought if I got fit that I would get rid of it, but It's just something that runs in my family. And I thought that if I got totally skinny and bodybuilding ripped, I would get rid of it. No, when I'm like single digit body fat, I still have a ton of cellulite and listeners buckle up for this one, because this is going to be a shocker for you. But when I was prepping for bodybuilding shows, I would be single digit body fat. And you think I would be this shredded beast and not have an ounce of cellulite. No, I had a ton of it. You know what I had to do to get rid of it? Not drink water for several days. who can maintain that? That's not real. That's completely fake. You know, that's dangerous. I'm lucky. I didn't have a freaking heart attack. I mean, my coach had me sweating like double layer cardio drenched sweat to get the water, the subcutaneous water out so that I wouldn't have cellulite on show day. So Mm -hmm. yeah. It's a, ha- it's a natural thing for us to have. Some of us have more than others. No diet, no shake, no fad, no nothing is going to get rid of it. Not even overtraining and being a bodybuilding athlete. So I'm sorry, ladies. If you have it, embrace it because it's just you. And that, you know, who is this perfect woman that we all have our, our eyes set on? It, it certainly isn't me and it isn't most of the women I know around me. And if there is one woman out there that's like that, congratulations. Yeah. I'm, She probably has things she dislikes (laughs) about her body as well. And I didn't realize all of this. It took this bodybuilding journey to realize that no amount of weight loss or training or whatever you do is going to make you happy. And I didn't realize that until I traveled the road and then coming out of it, it was totally crazy. I was cleaning my clothes out and going through everything. And I picked up the tiniest pair of shorts. I mean, they were like a size zero. They were so little. I was like, ha! I, I can't even get one leg into these things now. I mean, they were so little. And I picked them up and I looked at them. And the first thought that came to my head was, I thought that if I fit in these things, I would be happy. And I wasn't. When I fit in those things, I nitpicked myself to death. I have cellulite. Can't see my hamstring tie-ins. This isn't big enough. That's not right. I would sit there and trash on all of that. So one thing to remember ladies out there or gentlemen, we all have our flaws, but if you're not happy with who you are now, no amount of weight loss or fitness Mm -hmm. or anything is going to make you happy. You have to be happy with what you have first. Yes.
0: For me, I have uh, skinny legs and no arse at all. So that, that's what I suffer from. <laughs> and I was blessed over abundantly with these, which does not thrill me, but you know, <laughs> it's like, okay, could you balance me out just a little bit? Cause I could have a little bit of hips or something, or maybe a really skinny waist, but no, I'm built, you know, like this, well, actually like that. But you know, it's like, yeah. it sucks. But, and the know.
1: thing about that is, is we all have that spot, right? I mean, I see mm-hmm. clients constantly and they're like, I want to fix this. I want to fix that. Or we may look at another female out there. Cause let's, let's be honest, ladies. We check out everybody. We do. We're like, we're in the store and we're like, oh yeah, she's got, I wish Whoa. I would.
0: Knew-
1: <laughs> or And I bet you she's checking somebody else out going, oh, I wish I had this. And you might say, oh, well, you wouldn't know because you are automatically genetically gifted, which is horseshit because that person that wouldn't know probably has some extreme insecurity that they are working with and that they don't like about themselves. Like nothing is perfect. Everybody struggles. It doesn't matter what size, shape, color they are. We all have something that we want to improve or that we think that perfect woman out there has.
0: Yeah, that's a hundred percent correct. And the more people I talk to, the more that is becoming so clear to me. And, you know, I still fall in that trap too. I'll admit it. I'm way better than I used to be, but yeah, I I will look at somebody and go, I wish I had her, butt," you know, or Oh God, but you know, it is what it is. And,
1: Me too. And it happens. And I mean, one thing I did notice this morning though, and I know this is totally crazy is I used to like hashtag things with bodybuilding things and things like that on my Instagram. And so then when you, you go into other feeds or whatever, that's all that shows up, right. Is you're inundated with fitness competitors and this and that and yada, yada. (laughs) So you introduced me as a bodybuilder, which I I originally thought I was going to step on stage again. No, I'm staying in the business. I'm working in the business. I don't know that I will ever be a competitor again. Mm. I have switched to cycling. I plan on making it competitive. I have a race in another four weeks. Uh, Mm. So I'm, I'm working that pretty, that angle pretty hard. And here's one thing I noticed within two or three cycling hashtags, all of a sudden my whole newsfeed and my Instagram changed no longer was I seeing all these shredded women and abs and all this shit that make me feel, sorry, I just said shit. All this stuff <laughs> that made me feel uncomfortable about myself or say, I wish I had that, mm-hmm. right? All of a sudden my ads all switched to ads and newsfeed and everything, you name it, it's crazy. They have they have some crazy stuff going on out science. You get that stuff going. But pictures of people on bicycles, in scenery and pictures of bicycle style. And huh. no longer did I see all of these pictures of these physiques coming up in front of me. And so this morning I noticed it and I, I don't know why it took me so long to notice, but I'm scrolling through my phone and I'm like, you know what, I don't feel like as shitty about myself because I'm not looking at this stuff anymore. I'm looking at totally something different. And I was like, in my brain, I, I've not been like, oh man, I wish I have her quads. <laughs> or I wish I had her abs, or I wish I had her boobs, or I wish I had her face. I'm not doing that anymore because it's not there in front of me on that screen that I soak myself with every day. So that's another thing to definitely evaluate as far as your life goes and what your, your physique goals are or your health goals are. What, what are you looking at every day? How is it affecting your brain in ways that you don't even know?
0: Yeah, that's fascinating. And you are absolutely 100% correct on that. And I, I, luckily, in my feed, it's more about health, you know, and I've actually got away from showing my before after pictures, because it seems like when clients come to me, they're they're like, I want to lose weight. And I'm like, can we? back it up a little bit how about we get you healthy first how about we figure out a way to you know refocus and just let your body work for you so it makes everything easier down the road how about we go we start there instead of just making it this uh, temporary goal because okay i can tell you how to lose weight i've lost weight a hundred dang times in my life it ain't hard i can do it but i couldn't keep it off, and it was miserable and it sucked and it was temporary so you know I think it's so important to, you know, reframe your mind and rethink of things differently and stop, you know, trying to be this ideal person that you're never going to be. And even if you did reach it, there's a reason why you felt the need to do that. And you obviously haven't dealt with that. So you're still not going to be happy, just like you said, there's, you know, so you can't expect that to make you happy. And when I lost all my weight, did that fix all my other problems? I I lost you know eighty to hundred pounds three times, or four times actually. The fourth time was a good one, (laughs) but the you know so that's not hard. I can do it. But you know that I I wasn't thinking of it right, and yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. And you know it's 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 such a it's an interesting thing. I'm pretty sure I lost a client the other day. She scheduled a. Scheduled a consultation with me and I told her, I said, This is not going to be some eight week transformation here. I said, My concern is you've been through the gamut with all of these coaches and crazy calories and crazy this and crazy that. I said, Listen, you are going to, this is going to be a journey. We're not going to be, I said, You're not going to have some incredible weight loss at first. I want to see you get healthy. That's my main concern. And I would be doing a disservice to you to make the scale change but then affect your weight long-term or your health. I'm sorry, long-term. So I said, um, this is not going to be an instant fix. And I never heard back, but you know, she'll get yeah. she'll go through another fad diet. I hope yeah. not. I mean, I hope the best for her, but I feel like she's going to find a coach. that's going to be like, yeah, I'm going to have you shredded in 16 yep. weeks. You're going to be stepping on stage. Here's this, here's that. And she's going to be in a, in such a worse off way because you know, all sorts of things come along with that binge eating body dysmorphia, so many crazy things that could have been completely avoided if done properly. And exactly. And it takes work and it takes patience, but Mm -hmm. you have to look at this as a journey. It's not an overnight fix. Um, And
0: there's not an ending point anyway. There's, it's not temporary. It's, it's, it's ever evolving. I mean, you always are going to be working on it. So just chill, relax, enjoy the journey. focus on the good things that are happening to your body and you know okay we are out of time there's a couple of things i didn't hit on but that's okay that i wanted to ask you but if you could give some advice to okay say to a woman uh that would help them uh in their journey to better health i guess you'd say what would that be
1: i would say stop focusing on the number on the scale and start focusing on how you feel like and give yourself grace. You don't have to go in there and throw down some crazy ass workout every day. Or I mean, there's so many things I see it too. Like I said, too much dieting, too much training, Give yourself some grace and realize that we all start at a very small place, and that small place is the, is what makes all the difference I, and I know this might sound crazy, but i can 't tell you how many times i 've wanted to go back to that place where I was doing three sets of squats a day, three sets of push ups because in that place, I was healthy, my body was happy, it was changing it was thriving. Mm-hmm. And I had to push it beyond that limit in order to learn that that's really unhealthy, unfortunately. Uh, But I wish so many times I could go back to that spot where I was doing things basic and I was um, seeing major results from it. So, I mean, throw away the scale, start going by how you feel. It's not all about how you look. I know we want to look a certain way. A lot of it is on the progress that you make take progress photos if you have to it's the progress that you make it's the this changes in your strength the ability to have cognitive function when helping your family because you no longer feel like a bloated fatigued mess i mean it's all about how you feel and your health because that is more important than anything
0: that's awesome awesome advice.
1: I love that. That's probably going to be the clip. <laughs> no problem. I love it. I mean, seriously, it's so, and I, I hate to be this evangelist about these kind of things, but because people are like, Oh yeah, easy for you to say, look how you look. But I don't, I mean, I have uncomfortable moments too. And there's days where, I mean, I step on the scale and I'm like, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I haven't lost any weight. And it happens and it's easy to use that as a tool because we've been programmed that that's, that is the the end of things and the do all and the end all of of your success. And it's completely wrong. It's totally wrong. How do you feel? How do you feel like, can you help your family? Are you gonna stay healthy for a long time and have longevity and be able to run and play with your kids and and take care of people and, and bend over and tie your shoes when
0: you're older? These are all really important things that we need to consider. Absolutely. I could not agree more. It only took me 40 years to figure that out. but Hey, better late than never. Right. And that's why I do what I do. That's why you're doing what you do. So people don't have to go through it for so long and, and, you know, learn from our mistakes. So Mm -hmm. definitely. Thank you so much for for coming on this show, Connie and uh, subscribe and follow Connie. I will have all her information below. It's been a, a very informative and fun time and I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Bye.